Diddly Dum British Strongman Podcast, episode 60. So Shane and I did a coaching seminar, coaching group coaching session for Strongman on Saturday, uh, and it was lots of fun, and we got loads from it. So I'm just going to cover some of the some of the cues that we, uh, we we covered on some of the exercises, some of the things that c- come up a lot that you'll be able to take in a apply yourself what do you think Shane yeah 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 I'm the fucking dragon I'm the fucking dragon all right mate um so let's start off with deadlift so what I saw as a common theme was quite a few people were setting up close to the bar too close to the bar with the with the shins close to the bar when a lot of people learn how to deadlift that's one of the first cues that people learn at it seems is that the shin should be touching or whatever, and and I just think it's complete bollocks for shifting the most shifting the most weight possible. We want to be able to create space that allows us to drive with the legs, with the knees a little bit over the bar, um, to facilitate leg drive. If you set up too close, as you go to drive with the legs and the knee tracks over the bar, as a slightly you're going to be pushing the bar forward. So a thing for everybody to to take away from this, if you're listening to this, and for all from the seminar the other day, is work with 50% of your max. Oh, so, no, take, take a video and have a look. Take a video from the side of your deadlift and um, have a look at where the bar bar moves. Is the bar moving in a straight line? It has to move in a straight line. That's a non-negotiable. Um, a lot of people, it, it, even even really advanced lifters, like I see so many people, like very common to, as they initiate the pull, the plates rock forward and then the bar peels off the floor. Um, sometimes you see people setting up too far away and then as they initiate the pull of the bat, the plates move close to the shins as they initiate the pull. So we want to find that sweet spot where the bar moves in a straight line. For a lot of people, this will actually be in a straight line from the start position and it'll appear that it's coming ever so slightly back. So it'll be in a straight line, but it's coming ever, ever so slightly back. So this will be for people who are driving through the legs, who are setting up with the bar a little bit further away from the shins to facilitate that leg drive that I talked about. Um, so obviously if, if you're setting up a little bit further away, where the bar touches the hip at lockout, the, the, um, it's gonna mean that the, the bar actually come, travels closer to your body. Yeah, we start off roughly around mid foot, but but it actually, um, it actually travels from a little bit out in front of you to, to, to the hip at lockout. So it'll be in a straight line, but it may appear that it comes ever so slightly towards you. So give this a go, give this a practice. Let me know how you get on. Um, what would, if you feel like you're, you take a video of your, your top set of deadlifts and you, and the bars moving forward as you initiate the pull, um then go to 50% of your max, do something like 10 triples and 
take your video from the side and find that sweet spot where the bar path is moving in a straight line. And this should be a non-negotiable and you should aim to fix this before loading up with the weight. This this is the, the same for any level of lifting. You should be fixing that as a priority. Um, so many people get so wound up on deadlifts about focusing on keeping the keeping the back straight and get like improving the like a lot of people where they, where they feel where, where they should be focusing on improving positioning they're just focusing on getting tight in the lats and getting tight in the core and stuff like yeah this stuff is great but the this should be this should stuff should be built on top of ideal positioning and, uh, and mechanics um whereas a lot of people make the error of uh, learning that learning the bracing stuff first and really they're just bracing and um letting themselves get away with lifting a heavier weight in a shit position so hopefully that gives you this will make sense to you if you take some videos from the side um and look is that bar bar moving in a straight line simple fix so we talked a bit about log as well. So log, there are a couple of people a bit inconsistent with the with the rack position. A lot of people struggling with uh, some of the guys looking really strong from the shoulders, but then um, but then maybe sometimes a bit hit and miss. Sorry, good repping from the shoulders, but sometimes a bit hit and miss when they're pressing straight after a clean which obviously we need after the comp. So, uh, sorry, we, we need uh, when we compete. So um, a few people ask where, where they should, um, what, what the ideal angle is to, to start, the, start the log clean so it lands in the right position in the rack. Well, the answer to this, in my opinion, is it depends, it completely depends on the log. So if somebody has told you before that, oh, you should have the log, the log handles angled down at X degrees, or it should have them pointing forward or whatever, it's um, it's not necessarily the, the it's, it's not gonna be the right thing for everybody because um, everybody's uh, torso length is, is very different. So, it's very individual because so what what you need to do is you need to find find out what is the best way to do it for you depending on the log that you're using and this is going to differ whether you're using a 10 inch log a 12 inch log 13 inch log so i think you should learn this skill what i'm going to explain so then you know when you're warming up at your comp on a foreign foreign log you'll be able to know exactly what the best position is for you to clean that log from is. So next time you do log, log press, what I would recommend that you do is start off really light, start with the log above your head. <clears throat> so obviously lift it over your head, start with, and then lowered, do a control eccentric into the rack um, and establish your ideal rack position that feels really powerful when you go to leg drive, etc. cetera, uh, without losing and rolling forward. Once you've established this ideal wrap position for the log, what I want you to do is slowly let the log roll from the ideal wrap position down your torso 
and then see where it lands in the hip. And the angle that it lands in the hip is the position where you should be starting the clean from. So if your angles of if your your handles might be pointing down at 45 degrees, it might be 50, 55-ish degrees or whatever in the hip. But you need you need to find this by doing what I've just said. And then your job when you're picking the log up is to deliver to that exact angle in the hip when you begin the hip drive for the clean. So this is the same whether you whether you sit deep with the hips or whether you clean with the high hip. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It it still this this little um, technique is going to work. What do you think, Shane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the fucking dragon. I'm the fucking dragon. Yeah, I'm the fucking dragon. Right. Um, so next thing. So we'll, we'll just talk about talk about yoke. And yoke and farms will, co will cover the, the the main things that we saw on there with most people at the weekend were footwork. Um, you could see see a lot of people um, trying to be really like do, doing a few steps and then really trying to stride out and then looking really unstable with the yoke and uh, in particular and the farmers the guys who do farms. Um, but you could, there, there were a couple of guys that we encouraged to take shorter, more stable steps. And we used the, the demonstration of um, getting into a long sp split stance and um, getting them to stabilize. And then I shoved someone over and showed him how easy it was to shove him over when he was um, taking longer steps. And then I got him to stand with the, short split stance and he was uh, a lot more solid and it's obviously such a simple kind of demonstration but it does make you realize that how how much more stable you are with their uh, shorter steps um so with that in mind in order to because obviously it's a bit count counterintuitive we think that, that the reason why that we're stepping out with with the weights is ordered to be faster because it's a race um and they're going to cover ground quicker. But realistically, when you get into maximal weights on a yoke and farmers, it's not necessarily going to be optimal to, if you're, if you're near your, near your grip limit on farmers, or if you're near your, your pickup limit on the yoke, it's probably not going to be a weight that you, that you should be, should be re really stepping out with, or that's going to be, or that you're going to be able to. So, with a with three or four guys, we got them to to really shorten up the stride, and then in, they they felt instantly more stable. And then got them to focus on speed via improving the the turn the turnover speed of the steps rather than stepping out. And um, <clears throat> and yeah, we, we were just showing that people could could be just as fast, if not faster, with the shorter choppy steps. But the trade off is. The, the stability was so much more scalable to the to the heavier loads when we, when they were increasing the weight they were looking pretty much the same in terms of technique and they weren't looking um, unstable did you notice that Shane yeah 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 I'm the fucking dragon I'm the fucking dragon 
So another thing that we noticed on Yoke was, um, I think I, I think there were, there were four people who tried who noticed this cue. I, I noticed that a lot of people were wasting, spending a lot of energy, getting really really tight in their upper back. That is such a common cue that you hear thrown around. Like get get really tight in your upper back. Get really elbows high. Well, this kind of thing that that the people are creating stability in there. I I actually think it's a bit of a waste of energy and I feel like if your positioning is optimal, that you can save a lot of energy not trying to create loads of uh, tension in your upper back. Like if you find that, I talk about it a lot, the weightless rack position, it's not just the same thing for overhead lifts. It's actually the same for yoke as well. You'll be able to find that sweet spot on your upper back, traps, wherever, that feels relatively weightless um, because basically your joints are stacked on top of each other. And that's the position that we want to find. So if we're, we're focusing on, on getting really, really tight before the pickup, sometimes, especially if you're not training yoke a lot, which a lot of people don't have the facility to, then this kind of tension that you're creating can hide inefficiencies, really. It can, make, it can mean that you, you're kind of um, covering up the fact that you're in an inefficient position because you're creating all this force that's making you lift a decent amount of weight, but you're actually wasting a lot of energy. Whereas if you learn how to relax, like I, I got, I think four guys to just relax their arms and uh, their upper body and just rely on the feedback of the yoke, um, either pulling them forwards or backwards to, to kind of find that sweet spot where they felt balanced. And then all of a sudden they could relax their arms a lot more, but they felt they felt just not just as stable, if not more stable, because they were in a more optimal position. And then they had all this energy where what they could focus on striding out with the footwork and stuff. Um, so I'm not expecting you to be sold if you're just listening to this, but just yeah, sold straight away without without trying it, but. But just give it a go and let me know how you get on. Um, try it with with like your warm up, what warm up sets, um, lightweights. What 50 to 60 percent of your of what your top set's going to be, 10 to 20 meter runs, and almost you use the kind of relaxed arm thing to help you find that optimum position on your back. And then when you get up to the work your working set, then add the stability and as like the um, the icing on the cake or the cherry on the cherry on the top of the cake or whatever, rather than bracing right from the start. And I suspect that a lot of you, especially if you don't train yoke that frequently, um, will notice a will notice a a big big difference in in uh, in position. And then when you when you add the the normal upper back tightness on two top sets as well. Like I, I think it's I think it's going to be um, it's going to be good. So I, I I demonstrated this for for some guys by actually taking the upper body out of the equation and I 
did a couple of 10 meter runs with, I can't remember what weight it was, but just demonstrated that it didn't even have to hold on at all. And I just, just did, did them without, without touching the yoke with my hands. And, uh, and it just forced me to find the good position on the back. Um, so another thing that, that I, I recommend on yoke as well is um, which again it's against what a lot of people say but uh, I, I coach quite a few guys that I get to do this and I do it myself and that's actually go for a lower bar position on the back um, so like like basically like a low bar squat versus a high bar squat if you will and um, so the rationale being that you you the lower the back, the the position on your back uh, so putting it more like towards your rear delts than like your your traps if you will the you re, you're reducing the moment arm um you're reducing the length of basically where you need to the base of where you need to stabilize and where the weight is on you on your body so this is going to Basically, in theory, all skill being equal, high bar and low bar position, you're um, you're going to be you're you're going to be in a in a better position to stabilise a heavier load, or the same load more efficiently. Um, so, <clears throat> have a little bit of a play around with that. If you if you're quite new to yoke, I would definitely recommend just right from the start take a lower position. Um, some people say you shouldn't do this because it pulls you forward or whatever, which is, is bollocks, in my opinion, because you, you're just finding that, you, whether you're high bar or low bar, you're finding that, you're finding that weightless position that's um, where, where, the, where the load is going to be balanced Um so the lower the bar position, the more the torso angle has to lean forward, which doesn't necessarily mean that you're being pulled forward. Um, it just has to be there to be to be balanced. Um, so yeah, ho hopefully that will give you give you another thing to play with. Um, but yeah, we've co covered covered three things there that. Um, and we'll we'll cover bag throw stones and dumbbell and some of the other stuff that we've covered in a in the, another episode. But here's a like a bite size episode where you can um, hope you've got everybody's got a cue to practice on the deadlift, on the log, and the and the moving events. So tag us and let let us know how you get on. Um, have you got anything to add, Shane? On the fucking dragon. I'm the fucking dragon. Right. Diddle a dum dum.